Hello and welcome everyone to the fourth episode of the Blue Hens Blitz podcast with the sports staff of the review. I'm Joe Edelin here with Pat Laporte and Connor Metz. You know, we kind of had a weird week, I guess, of uh, Delaware sports just in general. I mean, like women are making the women's basketball team making a run in the NIT tournament. Um, And then obviously we'll get into it, but Delaware football just not not even having a game because of COVID regulations. But before we get into that, I just want to ask you guys how you guys how you guys doing? You know, it's, it's, it's going, you know, mid, almost getting to that mid semester point, just a lot of stuff going on pretty busy, but, you know, hanging in there, taking it one day at a time. Yeah. Same Uh, getting, getting more busy as the weeks go on, but uh, looking forward to the Easter break. And then it's getting nicer outside today. No, it rained all day, but it's getting nicer outside. So that's something to look forward to for me. Definitely could not agree more. Um, You know, once the weather, I feel like when the weather starts getting nice, it's just like so, so much more relaxing, you know, but, you know, obviously rained all day today, but, you know, talking Delaware football here last week, Delaware was scheduled to play New Hampshire in what would be their first road game of the season. But due to COVID-19 related protocols within the New Hampshire program, uh, Delaware was forced and as well as New Hampshire, they were forced to cancel that game. So Delaware essentially had a bye week before they head to Rhode Island this week to now play their first road game. Um, one thing I thought was interesting, you know, obviously we kind of realized it was going to be a little hectic with COVID and stuff this year, just because, you know, we saw it with, with the NFL a little bit. I mean, the NFL kind of forced their games through, but I don't think the NCAA is going to take any uh, chances like the NFL. Um, but I mean, it was, it was just strange, you know, I mean, Delaware, I felt like they were getting, they, they, they had momentum, they had a rhythm going. And then obviously it's got to be weird to, you know, prepare all week for New Hampshire. And then obviously game is canceled. Um, but, you know, Coach Rocco had said that the Blue Hens kind of explored alternate options about playing last weekend, but they ultimately decided to kind of pivot to uh, prepping for Rhode Island. Um, obviously, Rhode Island is a pretty formidable opponent here in not just the conference, but in the FCS. So Delaware, regardless, you know, obviously not having the first game, they're still sitting at 2-0, and and they actually moved up a spot in the FCS top 25 from the 12th spot to the 11th spot. So with that, I just want to ask you guys, you know, this is the first week of the season, uh, hopefully the only week of the season for Delaware that's, you know, re- impacted by COVID. So I just kind of want to get you guys thoughts on, you know, how do you think that this could affect Delaware, you know, having this week off, having a essentially, you know, you're, you're prepping all week for, for your game against New Hampshire and then you don't play and then you just pivot in right to Rhode Island. So I just kind of want to get you guys' thoughts on, you know, Delaware's first COVID, I guess, impact week of the season. You know, I think it will be very interesting to see just how how you can come off because, as you said, it's the first it's the first time this team has you know had to experience an actual full on you know week of preparation, and then all of a sudden you know your game's canceled. Um, but you know, I, I like the way the team has been playing right now, and I don't think I don't think having you know a little bit of time to you know work out some more kinks, maybe maybe even on the offense, just on both sides of the ball, really, I could see that helping this team. You know in such a short season, you only have seven games in total this year. Now make it six with the, uh, the postponement and who knows cancellation if it will get rescheduled or not, but you know, you're going down the stretch and I mean, every game is going to matter if you're Delaware uh, to get that possible auto bid, you know, into the uh, FCS uh, championship tournament. I know they're not doing, they're not really doing the whole, uh, it's just going to be a little bit different this year. So I really do think that this could help the blue hens in a way. I don't see it being as much of a harm especially in this such a in such an odd year in the spring you know if this was the fall maybe you can make an argument for that being a different case but I think in such a weird year 
I think it's it's not a terrible thing. It's not ideal, obviously, but not terrible to have, you know, a little bit of a break after your first two weeks of getting back into game action. Yeah, I agree there. I think it, they did. They lost a game that could have been a slip up and a loss for them. Like they didn't have to play that game. Of course, they would probably prefer to play it, but they didn't play it and that removed the 50 percent chance or whatever percent chance that they lose. Um, I, I think it hurt the momentum a little, but I'm not quite worried. If it had been them who had had, had the COVID protocols and they had players out and players continued to be out, I feel like it could hurt their momentum more. So I think for New Hampshire, it could be more detrimental. But um, as for the Blue Hens, I don't think it hurts their momentum a ton. Um, and if they do end up struggling this week, maybe we can say it did, but I don't think it will. I'm kind of on that same page there. I think – you know, I think it could impact, I think it would impact Del- Delaware, you know, relatively negatively if it had been an outbreak within their program, because then you don't know who's who's going to be out. You know, you don't, you don't really know who's been in contact with whoever, like it's a slippery slope. Uh, any, I mean, anytime you're dealing with COVID, um, obviously it's not ideal for New Hampshire, but I think if you're Delaware, you're just lucky that it wasn't, the game's not canceled because you had the COVID breakout. Um, but regardless, obviously Delaware did not, play New Hampshire. Um, and then there's yet to be a decision made on rescheduling the game, I guess, maybe uh, later on in the season. I'm not really sure how that could work because it, presumably, you know, I mean, not just between these two teams, but all across the FCS, there's probably going to be other games canceled because of COVID. It's just the reality of the situation. Um, but with that, I do want to pivot to this week's upcoming game against Rhode Island, Rhode Island uh, coming into this one, you know, two and zero on the season, honestly, with two impressive wins. Um, the last time Delaware played Rhode Island was in 2019 when Delaware won in triple overtime by score 44 to 36. Uh, obviously, completely, uh, I shouldn't say completely different different look for the Blue Hens now, but I mean, that was a team that was led by Pat Kehoe uh, at quarterback and not Nolan Henderson. And in that game, uh, in the triple overtime game that Delaware won, Pat Kehoe threw for 282 yards, five touchdowns and three interceptions. And honestly, if you look at the box score of that game, there's a lot of familiar names in the uh, in the receiving category that kind of had big days. You got Chichi Machi had three catches, 73 yards in that one. Thyrick Pitts, Bryce Samali, and Dijon Lee all getting involved in that in that game heavily in the passing attack against Rhode Island. Um, but obviously, that was 2019, long time ago, and we're focused on this season. So uh, this year, Rhode Island, their first game of the year it was supposed to be against Bryant, but that game got postponed. Um, and then, you know, they kicked off the season against number six Villanova and beat them 40 to 37 in overtime. Um, pretty impressive win. I know we were kind of talking about just kind of what what the FCS and what the CAA was going to look like. And we kind of all agreed that Villanova was one of the uh, better teams in just the country in general. And obviously, Rhode Island comes out and beats them. Uh, they scored 10 points in the final three and a half minutes of the game to force OT. And then Villanova kicks a field goal in overtime. Rhode Island quarterback Kasim Hill has a rushing touchdown to give Rhode Island a victory. So a big, big win for Rhode Island over Villanova. Um, it was the first, it was actually their biggest win, their biggest upset victory since 2010, where they beat the same Villanova team who was ranked third in the nation at that time. So now Rhode Island's ranked 18th in the FCS. And before I get into kind of the logistics on what their offense, what they're bringing to the table, um, I mean, these are two teams in Delaware and Rhode Island that are they have, they're two and oh, and they're, they're both, they both have, you know, solid resumes. So I just kind of want to get, you know, when you have a matchup with two teams coming in with momentum, uh, you know, how, how do you think that this is going to fare out for Delaware just momentum wise, you know, do you think having the week off could work to their, 
detriment, just not being necessarily, I guess, you know, in as much as a rhythm as they were heading into, you know, prior to the COVID break. You know, I think I think it could go either way. You know, I said earlier how I think, you know, a break for Delaware might not be the worst thing in the world. And I think I think there was you could get a little bit moment, a little bit of momentum, you know, coming off uh, an off week and kind of a week just to to fine tune some things. And I guess the other side of the argument is, well, you haven't played now in a week and you're coming off a team that's now strung off two wins against uh, two top 25 teams in the FCS uh, if I'm looking at it correctly, I believe Nova was, yeah, six. And then Albany is listed as 18th-19. So in that that bottom top 20 uh, the range there. So, you know, uh, Rhode Island comes in with some some momentum and Delaware has that that week off. So, I mean, I think it'll be interesting to see, you know, Delaware-wise, they got the, the best defense by far right now in the, uh, in the CAA right now, uh, averaging, I believe, uh, 1.5 points per game, uh, which is something you really don't see a lot in football. Um, but you know, Delaware's Delaware's passing defense and their ability to contain off, receiving offenses has been great through two games, at least, um, you know, Stony Brook, not the best offensive team there is, but, you know, Maine after that first, that first game has played very well in the past two weeks. They have, they're averaging 202 yards per game or yards per game through the uh, passing attack. So I think Delaware's defense comes in, you know, they, I think they will give them a very good shot to win. And I think they could provide a lot of momentum in Delaware's uh, first road game of the uh, season. Yeah, I do agree that uh, the passing defense will probably be the linchpin of this game. Uh, and as for momentum, I feel like it is kind of a toss up here. I do think uh, for Rhode Island, they, they're two wins. They, they're two big wins. They're not just two wins. I would say there are two wins more impressive than Delaware's wins just based on the opponent. The scores are totally different, but just based on the opponent, they got two really impressive wins. So um, I think they can come in with a ton of momentum, confidence. They played the past two weeks, beat two good teams. But on the other hand, Delaware has beaten down two teams. Um, they've killed them. So there's there's still momentum there just because there's a week off. I, I think they still have momentum from that. They have confidence in that their defense can play very well and um, seal a game for them after the third quarter, essentially. So um, I'm looking at there, I don't see any real advantage in momentum for either team. I just think it will come down to um, how, they, how, how they play on Saturday. Definitely. And, and obviously, I think it, we should mention Rhode Island's second victory of the season was against Albany, who at the time was ranked 18th in the country or in the FCS, I should say. Um, that was a, you know, a little bit of a different score than their first game where Rhode Island won 17 to 10, you know, in a kind of defensive battle um, in that game. Kasim Hill, the Rhode Island quarterback, didn't really have as great uh, of a passing game that he did against Villanova, only passed for 117 yards with a touchdown and one interception. But I think the big stat uh, there in that Albany game was they gave up six sacks. Um, so I think we should kind of talk a little bit about this, this Rhode Island offense and what we should expect. You know, their quarterback, Kasim Hill, he has 363 passing yards through two games, one touchdown and two interceptions. And I was looking through the box scores and he's been sacked a lot this season. And I'm not exactly sure how they calculate tackles for loss and, and, and rushing yards exactly. Cause I know uh, he had a couple of rushing performances where he was rushing for uh, like 60 yards a game, but he had lost like 40 yards. So he, he's the type of guy that can get outside the pocket and cause problems, but he's not the type of guy that's going to, you know, rush for hundred yards a game uh, that we've seen in the past um, this season. Uh, he has two rushing touchdowns, but their Rhode Island's rushing attack is primarily led by the redshirt freshman um, running back Kevin Brown Jr. This season, 
in just two games, he has 189 rushing yards on 33 attempts. So he's averaging about 5.7 yards per carry, and he's got four touchdowns on the season. And to round out their receiving core, it's at least so far in what we've seen this, this season, it's been they're led by Ivory Frimpong, uh, Ed Lee, and Matt Pyers at uh, wide receiver position. Frimpong is their, is their clear number one guy. He has 14 catches on the year for 186 yards and a touchdown. And then Lee and Pyers, uh, 83 yards and 46 yards, respectively. They're not a team that's necessarily going to kill you by the air. And, you know, I think this is a good time to just kind of see. I want to get your guys' opinions on how their offense is going to really stack up because I feel like in the CAA, there's not many traditional pocket quarterbacks that are going to sit back and, and, and pass for 400 yards, you know, 300 yards a game. And a lot of these guys are, I wouldn't even necessarily refer to them as dual threat, but they're guys that they're, they're mobile quarterbacks when they need to be. And I feel like, you know, we kind of, expected that last week or two weekends ago against Stony Brook and in that first game against Maine. So I just kind of want to get your guys' opinion on how, you know, how does Rhode Island stack up at the skill positions and at the quarterback position? You know, how does Delaware's defense compare to what Rhode Island is bringing to the table? You know, I think for Delaware's defense, it starts on, I said this against when they played Stony Brook, I've probably said this before for the Maine game as well. I mean, Delaware still is going to need to get pressure on the quarterback because they, even though they have won these two games handily, you know, that is the one thing that they still have yet to really do well with uh, this season. Um, Delaware has right now, they only have still, they only have, let's see here. They only have one sack through their first two games. And that came the first game against Maine. And that's still the, that's the league low right now. They're 11th in the conference out of 11. So I think defensively Delaware, you still, you want to get more pressure on the quarterback. I know your secondary has been playing well the past few games. You've had the ability to lock down teams through the, the passing game. But if you're Delaware, you need to start getting a little bit more, trying to get a little bit more pressure on the quarterback. And I know that might be hard just because the, the line on the defensive side is pretty young and they have, it, it's very rotational rotation based. But if you're Delaware, you want to try and get, you know, get that, get some, get some pressure on the quarterback because we saw last week with Albany, you know, this Rhode Island team can struggle to, to protect their quarterback. And, you know, if that is, that's, it's a cliche, but you know, if you can, if you can pressure a quarterback and not give him time, then, then good things are going to open up for a secondary that has been playing outstanding through two games, allowing, as I said earlier, just about uh, 117 passing yards per game. That's, that's outstanding. So, you know, I think really if, this Delaware defense really wants to to really show who they are this weekend. You you want to get some more pressure on that Rhode Island offense, especially at the quarterback position. Yeah, I don't think uh, the Rhode Island passing offense can operate that effectively if there's any sort of pressure. So I think that's a huge part. Um, just how Hill and the entire passing offense has played is not quite impressive. Uh, they just struggle to rack up yards through the air. And we saw that with Stony Brook too, and Delaware did a good job with their um, with their offense limiting their passing attacks. I feel like it's kind of the same thing here: get pressure on the quarterback, like Pat said, and then when they're in the passing situations, third and long, I don't feel like they'll be able to convert many of those if the trends continue on both sides of the ball. And then as for their rushing attack, I feel like that is how they roll this offense. So just limiting that. Um, Hill does run a lot; he's kind of a volume rusher. Um, getting a lot of carries. He might not be breaking big games, gains, but he can move out of the pocket when he needs to, like you said. So I think just limiting the rushing attack on first and second down, getting the pressure on third down, and I don't see how Rhode Island 
could put up a ton of points here in this game as long as those two things, which are two big things for this defense to do, but they've been doing it mostly thus far. If they can increase the pressure on the quarterback, I think they'll be fine this weekend. I agree because I was honestly I was looking at the you know the last couple of games for Rhode Island and I was thinking this could be one of those uh, you know potential breakout games for the Delaware defensive line. I just feel like you know you guys hit it right on the head. They haven't had the you know success that they quite wanted to have so far this season. I know it's only been two games, but they haven't really had any real pressure on the quarterback. Uh, I think it's it's more about the Delaware's defense is more about the the whole unit uh, just making every single down every single drive difficult for the defense. I mean, I think that that last Stony Brook game, uh, and we were kind of talking about it last week, they just could not get anything. Like the drive chart was three and out after three and out. So I think that that, you know, this could be one of those opportunities for Delaware's defense to, you know, I, I don't think this, this is going to be a high-powered offense that's going to come out and light up Delaware's defense. Um, so I expect this, this is one of those opportunities for them to be consistent. You know, in 2019, they just were inconsistent. And, and now with the week off, this is a perfect opportunity for them to prove that they're going to be consistent this season. But with that, I do want to talk more about defense, but I want to talk about the Rhode Island defense uh, so far on the year. Um, so far on the year, they give up on average 23.5 points per game, uh, and they've kind of just struggled against the run. I mean, that's been really the kind of Achilles heel of this defense. They've given up 102, or excuse me, 202 rushing yards per game, and they've given up four touchdowns on the ground. But on the other hand, they have had success versus the pass. Uh, they've given up 166 opponent passing yards per game uh, on average. And on defense, they're led by their junior linebacker, Jake Fire, and redshirt senior uh, defensive lineman, Andre Babolt. And Babolt leads the team in tackles for a loss. So obviously they haven't had a lot of success against the run. They've been okay against the pass, but I think that, it, that their defense kind of reminds me of Delaware's in just the sense of their secondary. It's filled with playmakers. Uh, their secondary has played very well this season. They've had four interceptions in two games. Uh, Antonio Carter has one, and Kobe Tippett has three. Um, so I think that that's going to be a guy that you got, if you're Nolan Henderson, you got to know that this defense has playmakers on it, and they are, you know, they, they do have ball hawks in that secondary that are, are trying to take, uh, trying to create takeaways. So it's definitely something that, you know, if you're Nolan Henderson, you got to be aware of. But I will say one thing about their uh, defensive line is that they've struggled to get after the quarterback. And I think that if you're Delaware, that's not necessarily something uh, that you, the offensive lines played, the offensive line has played really well this season for Delaware. And also, you know, it's, it's definitely a plus when you have a mobile quarterback like Nolan Henderson. Um, but, you know, I feel like this could be, in my opinion, this is the perfect, uh, you know, opportunity for a Dejon Lee breakout game. They haven't performed that uh, great against the run, but I just want to, get your guys' opinions on, you know, this matchup. You know, how does this Delaware offense stack up against uh, the Rhode Island defense? I mean, I feel like Rhode Island's defense, even though they statistically may not might not be as great as Delaware, but, you know, they, they've won ball games. So how, how does this Delaware offense stack up the Rhode Island defense? You know, I think you hit it on the head, Joe, that this is a great matchup-wise for Delaware's rushing attack. I mean, you hit on it how – you know, May or Rhode Island, excuse me, has been struggling to stop the run. And then on top of that, their line has problems getting to the quarterback. And you look at Delaware's offensive line, they've given up through two games. They've only given up one sack, which is also very impressive because when you look at, you know, last 2019, last year, I mean, they were, they were down towards the bottom in that category. They were down towards the bottom in both sacks for and sacks against Delaware was. So I think if you're Delaware, this is a great 
this is a great matchup you have to utilize that rushing attack that we didn't see a lot as much of as we did, uh, I guess, two week, almost two weeks ago now against Stony Brook. But, you know, we saw in the first game against Maine, Delaware rushed for a combined over 200 yards rushing on the ground. They utilized multiple backs. They had obviously Dejon Lee and Corey Sproul were the two guys heading that attack. And he had Nolan Henderson running a little bit as well. They had Anthony Pauletti in there for a couple, like, I guess I, I like Jalen Hurts type plays, I guess we'll call it. Just going to throw that in there. But, you know, it was really Delaware in their first game showed their ability to run the football. And I think if you're, you're coming into this game, you know, you like, you like, that running you like that matchup against this oh, a, a tough uh, weak rushing defense and but i think you know if you can't generate a lot of a lot of a lot of you know push on the line as well in the rushing game you could easily try and go into the passing game because you had success last weekend with nolan henderson throwing for over 200 yards thyric pitts 95 on the day you know and a team that in rhode island struggles to get to the quarterback you know if you can't generate a push on the line in the rushing game then you can easily you know try and look to expand down the field and maybe try and, you know, make some plays, get some plays opened up with obviously Pitts, Gene Coleman at 65 yards, I believe as well. So, you know, you got two guys on the outside that you can rely on as long as your line can give you time against a struggling Rhode Island front four. Yeah, this is a great matchup for the Russian attack for Delaware because they have really struggled. And uh, not to just like look at their stats because they beat two good teams. They beat Nova and they beat Albany, both ranked teams in close games. They beat them two different ways, so ton of credit there. But I just don't think they can stop Delaware's rushing attack, especially if Lee gets going early in the game. Um, their passing defense has been pretty good thus far. They have four interceptions, so I feel like that's a big key to this game for Nolan Henderson to take care of the ball for the passing attack to find success, even if it's an on-short passing plays, um, design set plays, that type of stuff. F- find some success there. And don't turn the ball over because that's kind of what this defense has fueled on the past two weeks. That's how they got to those two wins because their defense got those takeaways. They limited the passing attack. I mean, Daniel Smith, we all thought he would be premier quarterback in the CA. He went 12 for 27, 116 against their defense, and he played an overtime period. So they really locked him down, and they did give up rushing yards, but when he needed a pass on the third down, couldn't do it. So that's the type of thing in this game I think establish that passing attack in the first half so there's no issues later. Like, make sure you have some go-tos through the air in case you do get a crucial third down in this game. But aside from that, I like the matchup here. Just as I do the other side of the ball, I think it favors Delaware. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think it favors Delaware as well. You know, I think it is definitely uh, important. I should definitely note this as, like, even though going to the stats, this is a, is a good football team. You know, they did beat Villanova. They did beat Albany. But I agree with you, Connor. I think that this is definitely one of those. Uh, this is an opportunity for Nolan Henderson to kind of, uh, I feel like, show how how far he's actually improved as a quarterback. You know, we see him sometimes he gets a little lazy uh, in terms of, of decision-making when it comes to throwing the, throwing the football. So, I mean, when you're facing a secondary like this, it's got, you know, a lot of playmakers. It's, it's going to be important for Nolan Henderson this week take care of the football because this is no, you know, this Rhode Island team is a good football team. They have a good resume and, you know, these in-conference matchups, you only got a handful of games this spring, you know, you really have no room for error. So, uh, you know, if you're Delaware, you have to come out and take care of business. But I do want to ask you guys this, Uh, you know, I was taking a look at the FCS top 25 right now, Delaware, as I mentioned is 11, you know, you got Rhode Island at 18 Delaware right now still sits uh, statistically. They are, and I know they've only played two games, 
but uh, they are number one in scoring defense and they are number five in total defense in the FCS. So I want to get your guys' thoughts. You know, if Delaware comes out and wins this game against Rhode Island, uh, regardless of what fashion it is, you know, regardless if Delaware comes out and blows them out, regardless if it's a close game or not, do you think that if Delaware gets a crucial win this weekend that they could hop into the top five in the FCS? I'd say top 10, maybe not top five. I will say this, though, and this is one thing I've want, been wanting to touch on. It, you know, a win today or a win this weekend, you know, that will go a long way in trying to get one step closer to that that um, automatic bid in the CAA to get to the uh, the championship playoffs uh, this this spring because, I mean, it's just such a such a different year. And right now I'm looking at it. You'll, they'll have five teams, uh, 11 automatic qualifiers and five at-large berths. So if you're Delaware, I mean, if you can win this game, regardless of whether or not you pull out the conference or not as a whole, because it'll be best overall record in between both divisions at the end of this, at the end of the season. But, you know, you can get one step closer to getting in that top 10, then, I mean, that puts you at a very, very good spot to, you know, make a case for if you can't win the conference off of like, you know, maybe this New Hampshire game affects them in some way. I don't think it would, I would assume they would probably go by win percentage, but you know, you know, that could really help you try and make a case for that, those five at-large bids among some other FCS schools around the, um, around the nation. And I saw one thing on CA's website real quick. I mean, it was, I, I believe it said seven teams in the CA were ranked within the top 25. Um, I can fact check that, but so there's a lot of teams in this conference that are vying for those spots. So if you're Delaware, you want to keep trying to win, keep trying to win just so you can either get that auto qualifier bid or just that at-large berth, and you know, being in the top ten should really help with that. Yeah, as to the rankings, I don't think they'll vault into the top five. I mean, just looking at them quickly, you have like a seven and one Jacksonville State. There are seven North Dakota, Sam Houston, South Dakota State. All these teams in different conferences. I believe it's a Summit League that have played much more. And uh, I don't think JMU or North Dakota State are going anywhere as far as the top two. So I feel like it's kind of locked up there unless those teams lose and I don't expect the top five I mean it'd be nice to see I think they could contend with those teams if given a matchup um, but I do think a win will vault them up some um, over some teams right in front of them and then just what you said Pat I really agree I think just because they've won two games in convincing fashion we can't get overconfident they've only won two games a loss here puts um, Rody at first and then they're probably tied with Maine, depending on what they do. Villanova's one-on-one right now. And a big thing I'm looking at is keep a game lead on Villanova heading into that matchup at the end of a conference play because it's a rivalry and uh, Delaware struggled with Nova, to put it lightly, in the past. If that happens to be a loss, that's looking far ahead. But if it happens to be a loss, you want to have some buffer room there so you can say, hey, we beat all these teams. Nova didn't do that. Just because they beat us late in a close game doesn't mean they should get that large over us. So I think it's really important because looking at the CDA, Richmond's 2-0, JMU is 3-0, and they're a really good team, ranked first in the FCS rankings. Um, Maine's 2-1, though Delaware did beat them. Nova still got to play, and then Rhode Island's 2-0. So this is a pivotal game. Can't sleep on any game this season because you never know if your game's going to get canceled. You can't you can't have like a 4-2 and two record, 3-1 and one record, and rely on an at-large bid just because your game's got canceled or postponed. So – it's an important game. It's essentially a must win. I think every game here is a must win until you get in a position where you feel like you're locked for an at-large. And if there's only five at-larges, there's not much room to lock for that. So important game here. Um, 
more important for the conference standings than the rankings overall. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think if you're Delaware, I don't think you you rely on, you know, hope, banking on getting a, you know, an at large. I think you uh, you have to, you know, if you have the opportunity to go and clinch that spot, go and clinch that spot and take care of business. I think, you know, we were kind of talking about it a couple of weeks ago, just based off of like, look at the outlook on Delaware's schedule and, and where could they fall, um, especially more so after we, we saw that first game and we were like, oh, well, this team's actually going to be pretty dang good. Uh, you know, we we were looking at it and I feel like we, we circled that Villanova game. And then it was this game just because Rhode Island is, is a good football team. I mean, obviously the CAA has got a lot of good teams in it, but in this kind of, I feel like now knowing what we know with these two teams coming in at two and oh, and obviously Rhode Island getting, having a big victory over Villanova, you know, if Delaware can keep that one game lead over Villanova to the end of the season, that's going to be huge. And I feel like this Rhode Island game is going to, it's, it's, you know, almost like a seesaw on how the season could fall for Delaware in terms of like postseason implications because a win here would be huge, but a loss is going to be hard to bounce back from if you got to come down to the last game of the season against Villanova or whatever, you know, and it's, it's kind of essentially a winning in game um, that, you know, that that's not a position that you'd like to be in if you're Delaware. So, I mean, obviously this is a huge game coming up this weekend uh, just in terms of how the conference is going to, you know, shake out and just, you know, the, the outlook of this season, this spring season for Delaware, so with that, I do want to get you guys' opinions. You know, I want to get you guys' keys to the game uh, for this upcoming game against Rhode Island. And if you could, I want to get a score prediction as well to go along with your keys to the game. I'll start with, you know, I think you guys hit on it when we were talking about the Delaware offense. It's on Nolan Henderson to limit those turnovers. You know, you're not going to get – you probably aren't get a lot, going to get a lot of pressure, you know, unless Rhode Island can draw up a good scheme against Delaware's offensive line. So if you're Nolan Henderson, you're going to have some time in the pocket, especially if you want to try and pass the ball. You know, I think if you're Nolan Henderson, you got to keep, you got to possess the football. You cannot turn the football over and, you know, give this Rhode Island offense chances offensively to score some points in a game that I think will be low scoring. And as we just said, in a game that is very important here about, we're about halfway through the season already hard to believe that. And then on the defensive side, I said this heading into Stony Brook, I'll say it again, you got to get to the quarterback. I think, you know, that's the one thing about this Delaware defense that just, you know, the, the secondary is legitimate. I think, though, that, you know, the front forward needs to get some more pressure on the quarterbacks, especially, you know, going forward at this Rhode Island matchup, you'll have a team, you know, as we touched on in Villanova, you'll have, I believe, let me pull up the schedule here, I forget exactly off the top of my head you have albany as well a team that is no slouch as well so you know you're going to need to start getting some more pressure not only just for this game but down the stretch in these final two to three weeks of the year so i think delaware once again needs to get some pressure on the quarterback and maybe that means you bring some blitzes maybe that means you draw up some different schemes and you use you you find some guys that are getting some getting you 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 use the guys that are getting pressure but you know i think delaware is just going to need to get after the quarterback uh this weekend if they want to have really a good some real success, you know, containing Rhode Island's offense. Offensively, I want to see Henderson play a complete game and no turnovers, like you said, Pat. But I think my main key to this game is if they have an advantage in the run game, which I assume they will, if you see that early, just keep pounding it and keep going until Rhode Island fixes it. And if they can't fix it, win, win the game like that. Um, establish that running game. If that's how you have to win, do it to clinch the win. But I think Henderson playing well and a complete passing attack, attack this game is also very important. And then defensively, I'm looking at contain their rushing attack, contain Brown and Hill, so that on third down, 
third down and long, you have a chance to get pressure after the quarterback. And that's the thing in itself, getting pressure after the quarterback, actually getting sacks, getting quarterback hits, getting to him early in um, the play. But if they can force him into third and longs, I feel like it's kind of the same with the Stony Brook game. That'll force a lot of punts, early punts and drives. Um, score prediction, I will go 27-13 UD. Um, first touchdown of the season, given up, I think, but um, I'll take UD by 14. Yeah, I'm going to give my score. I forgot to do that. I think this will be a low-scoring game. Uh, once again, I thought Stony Brook would be low-scoring. I was wrong on that. But, you know, give me in a in a matchup of two top 20 teams in the in the FCS right now, I'll say Delaware wins 19-17. to 17. I think this will be another low-scoring game. The Delaware will, you know, as Connor mentioned it, ground and pound, use the run game, especially against that weak Rhode Island uh, rushing attack or rushing defense, excuse me. So 19 to 17 are at the Blue Hens squeaking out and going three and all on the season. Gosh, I think we're all on the same page here. You know, I, I agree. I think this is an opportunity for Nolan Henderson to kind of just finally break out and have like just a complete game, uh, whether it's, out, you know, outside the pocket or whether it's just putting together a, a complete, uh, not necessarily conservative, but, you know, just a complete ball game you know, move the ball down the field. Don't turn the ball over. Don't make stupid mistakes. Uh, I think this is a good opportunity for Delaware. I think we match up with Rhode Island pretty well. Um, for score, I think I'm going to go 23 to 16. I think Delaware is going to win this one. I kind of agree with Pat. I think it's going to be a relatively uh, low scoring game. You know, uh, I, I know that all our, uh, excuse me, Rhode Island, their, their first two games have been relatively close. So I kind of expect this one to be the same. Uh, I don't expect Delaware to come out and win 31 to three in this one. I expect this to just be a good, you know, a good college football game between two top 20 teams in the FCS. And if you're Delaware, you know, you know, you survive in advance, essentially. If you, you take this one, you keep moving up. And at the end of the year, uh, you know, you see what happens. But, you know, with that, uh, that is going to be all for this one. Uh, we will be back next week with the Blue Hens Blitz podcast. You can find the Blue Hens Blitz podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, or on the Reviews website at udreview.com. Uh, or you can find us on Twitter, Instagram at, at UD Review as well. Um, and we'll be back next week to talk preview Delaware's next game and review the Rhode Island matchup for Delaware. And we look forward to speaking to you guys next week.